You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Robbie Samuels hosts the On the Schmooze podcast. Robbie, tell listeners what to expect from the show. Since 2015, I've interviewed entrepreneurs who overcame challenges to achieve success in their field or industry. Tune in to On the Schmooze to listen as I ask deep questions to elicit untold stories about leadership and networking. And where can people subscribe? Find the show at ontheschmooze.com or on marketingpodcast.net or just search for it wherever you get your podcasts. You heard them. Go subscribe. The Guided Goals podcast gives you the tools, direction, and resources you need to pursue your passion project. I'm Deborah Eckerling, Project Catalyst, and this is the Guided Goals podcast. Our guest today is Steve Kaplan, and we're going to talk about comedy. Steve is the author of the best-selling The Hidden Tools of Comedy, as well as a script consultant who teaches comedy writing and performance workshops around the world. Welcome, Steve. Thank you for joining us today. I am delighted to be here. Would you like to share a little bit more about yourself and your background? Um, I'm a Libra. My favorite color is blue. I like long walks down the beach. No, uh, okay. Uh, I I come from a, a theater background. We I used to have a theater um, in in Manhattan called Manhattan Punchline that was completely devoted to comedy. Uh, it was a not for profit theater. Uh, I didn't know it was going to be that way, but that's the way it turned out. Uh, and and that's how. Uh, and I was a theater director and a producer and a mediocre actor and a bad stand-up comic uh i was you know so bad that um that the joke is that places ask me never to come back like not even as a customer but you know that's just a joke but but the important thing is i was i was always uh, obsessed about comedy uh even as a kid i i just loved the um, you know the uh uh, the road movies with Bing Crosby and Bob, uh, uh, Bing Crosby and Bob Hope. Um, and they were, they were like shown, you know, at, on black and white, uh, you know, at, at midnight. Not that I was, I'm that old that I watched them when they first came out. Uh, I liked the three stooges, but, but mostly Shemp because he was the one who had heart and was sweet. Um, and I was fixated on, making people laugh. And then when I started a theater company with a couple of friends, uh, I, I then become fixated not only on making people laugh, but more importantly, why they are laughing. Or more importantly, since I was directing and producing theater, why they were not laughing. Let's talk comedy, shall we? Okay. Why is it so important? I know. Is that like the silliest question ever? Because it's important, right? Well, I mean, if you don't have comedy, then then the horrible things in the world remain horrible. And uh, a writer called Shul Malekum once said that the world is a cancer on top of of a 
of a sore on top of a, of a, of a, of a disaster. And just for spite, we'll have comedy. Just to spite them. <laughs> so the comedy laughter. is like the balance of the universe. Well, the comedy is the reality of the universe. Um, uh, we take ourselves very seriously. And we, uh, we tend to think sometimes that what's happening to us is, is terribly serious or important or, or, or wonderful or, or huge. It's going to be huge. I'm wonderful. I'm huge. Um, and comedy is, is the ability to put things in perspective and realize that, that whatever we're doing here uh, on this uh, little blue ball that's spinning through, the, spinning through the void, whatever we're doing, you know, it's okay as long as, um, as, long as we're kind. Uh, a wise man once said, the greatest wisdom is kindness. And, and comedy teaches you, uh, among other things, it teaches you to not be so hard on yourself, not be so hard on other people, because it, it teaches you that we're all flawed and it's, and it's okay. Uh, a comedian is simply the, the courageous person who gets up in front of a large group of strangers and admits that he's a human being. That's what comedy is uh, at, at its basis. Just somebody sharing the truth about what it's like to be human and, and using themselves as the, as the first object or example. In teaching comedy, I'm trying to teach, it's kind of a philosophy that, that it's, comedy tells the truth about people. And, 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 and what we want to say about people is that we're not perfect and it's okay. And that we, that we can revel in our, in our imperfection and we can share our imperfection. I mean, when you get together with your family at Thanksgiving, say, and you're sitting around the table and you're looking at your uncles and your aunts and your cousins, you realize they're all ridiculous. And when all the cousins get together, you're laughing about your parents and your uncles and your aunts and how silly they are. That's all of us. We're all ridiculous. And so even though uh, drama or, or great art has always been thought to be serious. Um, comedy is as important as, as anything else. I, I want to pivot a little bit. What are your thoughts on ways people can use comedy in, in highlighting what they're doing in order to get noticed or get their work out there? You can use comedy to humanize yourself, to, to uh, use a little self-deprecation. So that when you're dealing with boards of directors or, or making presentations, uh, a, a sense of humor shows people that you're vulnerable, you're you're uh, relatable, you're empathetic. They can be they can be empathetic with you, and you're uh, you're a guy that keeps things in perspective. And when you're dealing with money, whether it's on a small level or a big level, people want to know you're serious, but you're not so serious as to as to lose sight of what is important and what's not important. Um, so so uh, a sense of humor is, is a valuable thing. Uh, and certainly, uh, if you're going to promote yourself, uh, a sense of humor is, is very valuable. If you look at the commercials that are, uh, that are popular during the Super Bowl, most of the popular commercials are the ones that utilize humor 
in selling their product. Now, it's a funny thing. Um, uh, in in promoting my work, I can't use humor because oh, the it, irony. you know it is funny because because uh, I'm pro I'm promoting uh, a workshops that teach people how to how to be funny, and the worst thing I could do is to try to be funny. Um, you know, so so for me, I'm just I'm just trying to be factual. I'm just trying to be informational. Um, if you talk to me in person, or you hear. Uh, me on 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 uh, a video on YouTube, then I'm then I I'm who I am, uh, which is uh, I, I'm uh, a guy who has a certain piece of knowledge, and I try to present it in as human a way as possible. Now, if that comes off as funny to some people, it's not my intention to be funny. It's my intention to be real, and. You know, when politicians say, I'm just being real, you know, they're not being real. They're being as fake as they possibly can be because everything is sculpted. But when when somebody's really being real, they're showing all the weird stuff about them, too, as well as maybe the smart stuff. So how can they use it? Uh, they can use it in terms of dealing with obstacles. The obstacle that you think is is. Uh, uh, in your way might not be might not be that big or it might not be actually in your way or maybe you're the obstacle so either in promotion you can use comedy in in public speaking uh, you've all gone to a lecture or or a um, a, a seminar in which the person after 10 minutes you know this is going to be the most boring morning or afternoon or weekend or week of my life shoot me now and then you'll go to a speaker and the speaker just infuses it with some of his humor and there's no coincidence that humor and human share a common root uh and it's like yeah well you know tell me about uh you know uh, uh credit default swaps okay cuz now I'm now I'm uh, I'm 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 more uh, receptive to it i mean that's why the big short is as successful as it is because Adam McKay is a comedy director. So he realized if he's going to tell, tell people about credit default swaps and, and, um, and, uh, you know, loans that are, that are packaged with subprime mortgages that he's got to figure out a way that would make it not only understandable, but approachable. And he used comedy to do that. So for the people who say, Oh, that's all well and good but I'm not funny. Is there, you are funny. You are funny. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, believe me, believe me, look, you know, look across the table at whoever you're eating with I'm that person's ridiculous. And you're not, you, you know, if you're, if you're in a relationship, you know how crazy your partner is. And so are you. So you're, you're funny. What, what, um, Sarah Silverman once said is that everybody's funny, but professionals are, can be funny on demand. You know, the, you know, uh, people who are amateurs uh, can't be funny every time they want to be. So, so the idea is that you don't have to be a professional comedian to infuse your work with humor. And if you want an example of that, go to go to TED Talks. Now, m nine times out of ten, those are scientists or uh, or or academics or economists or some some person who is not 
making a living at being funny. And yet the TED Talks that you like are the TED Talks in which you laugh. And, and how are they doing that? They're doing that by, by sharing their own humanity. It's not clever jokes. They're just telling the truth about themselves and confessing to being human. So if you're, if the thing that you want to, that pops out of your mouth um, uh, is what a stupid person you are, that's not comedy because you're focusing on somebody else's faults. Comedy is focusing on your own faults, on your own. And maybe your fault is you see things in a weird way. Just share it. That's what, that's what observational comics do. They simply share their own perceptions, which are weird. And then I tell you about it and you laugh at me who have those weird perceptions, even though at the same time you're going, oh, you're right. I see what you're talking about. If someone is writing something and they wish to be witty and charming, maybe it will just come out naturally in the okay, same well, process. Okay. Well, here's, here's the other thing. So if you're writing something, yeah, you think it's funny. You think it's brilliant. You have to, if it's, if it's meant to be performed, you have to hear it with, with people saying the words, join a writer's group. Because if it's funny, other human beings in that group will laugh. If it's not funny, the other human beings in the group won't laugh. And your job is to not make excuses for yourself. Your job is to hear what you did. Now, I always, now I work with people who are writing television scripts, film scripts, one-person shows. They're meant to be performed. In some fashion, they're either writer-performers or performers, or, or they're writing for performers. So I tell them the most important thing you can do is at a certain point, maybe several times during the process, hear the stuff read out loud by other people, by other actors, to other, to an audience, to other human beings, and make sure they have wine because you want them to be in a good mood. And make sure you record it because at a certain point, no matter how good the writing is, it will stop being good. And you will hear it stop being good because rather than belly laughs, they'll be, ah, ah. And what will happen is you will go into a coma. Your eyes will be open. You'll still be able to function, but you will be in a coma and you will forget. You will not know what's happening. So it's important when you hear your writing read out loud, have a digital recorder. Record everything so you can go back and listen. You know, Wow. I didn't even realize they loved that joke or this joke that I love got no reaction. Maybe I should get rid of it. Maybe I should rethink it. Uh, every funny comedy group that you can think of starts by he reading their sketches out loud, out loud, excuse me, to the other people in the group. So it's, it's SNL, yeah. the Monty Python. There's no way around it. You have to put your stuff out to human beings. Comedy is a, human activity uh, it's a group activity and you can't do it in the isolation of your room just boy that stuff i'm writing on that screen that's brilliant you got you got to have it tested out it doesn't matter what it is you're trying to do to be funny you just need to take an inventory of what gets a reaction and that that will help you figure out what's going to work and, best for you right and the other thing is don't try to be funny you know that the worst sitcoms in the world are the ones that are desperately trying to make you laugh and they'll do anything to make you laugh. You know, you want to know how to write, write sharp, funny lines, 
join Twitter. In Twitter, you have 140 characters to be to be to be witty, and uh, and so that's another thing. You want to be funny, um, hang around other funny people, join, jo- take an improv class, uh, join you know uh, uh, join us uh, or go to a sketch comedy show. Um, put yourself in in a position where other people are trying to do similar things as you are, and you can learn from each other. Again, because the worst thing you can do is isolate yourself. It's hard to be brilliant in isolation. Because who's going to tell you you're brilliant if you're all by yourself? Okay. Um, what do you do for work-life balance? Uh, oh, what's a life? Okay. I get that a uh, lot. No, no, no. I, you know, here's, here's what I do. I, uh, I've been married a long time. And... Um, and uh, we just had our 39th anniversary. Congratulations. Which means, yes, I was married when I was 10 years old. It was a, it was a kind of a child bride. Uh, and uh, and we, we like to watch things on TV and laugh with, and laugh, sharing laughs with each other at something else. We like to go to the theater. Um, I play poker. Uh, you know, uh, he, here, I guess... I guess the point is that when when I figured out how to be artistic and eat well at the same time, life became easy. Uh, and but that took me a long time. When I when I f- was first working in the theater, and I was making no money because, as I told you, it was not for profit. Uh, that was all work, no life. Um, I was, it was wonderful, but it was all work, no life because I didn't have an idea of how was I going to eat and do my art. And it was only when I figured out a way to eat and do my art that, that I found the balance. And I, I, I think it was a wise man who once said, being a genius doesn't come with dental. <laughs> That's good. Uh, so, so uh, I know for people who are who are, have have their vision, you know, their you know their their kind of their day jobs or their B jobs, and then there's their vision. Um, a, a lot of times, some people will forget the B job part of it and just go for the vision, uh, which is exciting, but oftentimes. Uh, crazy making. And if you can figure out how can I have a good life and go for my vision so that I can eventually shift over to just doing my vision, then you, then you can be happy because you can't be happy. Just like, just like you, if you were at a bar and you're single and you're, you're looking, you're an attractive woman and you're looking, if a guy comes up who's desperate, are you going to be attracted to him? No. no. So if you're desperate for whatever reason, desperate to to sell this product, desperate to to get an audition, if you're desperate, you can't it doesn't work. You have to figure out a way where you're happy first and then you can be successful. Don't wait to be happy after uh, when I when I'm successful then I'll be happy. No, it's happy first, then success will come. 
which is exactly why I do this podcast and I do my my uh, project catalyst and goal coaching, whatever you want to call what I do, is because I believe everybody should pursue that thing on the side and make that thing on the side the full-time gig. So I'm, right. I'm completely with you on that. So I think, so for the personal goal, other than the ultimate goal, which is to make your, your side, your passion project, your life, I think to go and watch something funny with someone, I think that's a good personal goal because I'm sure people don't do that enough. And the shared experience is another thing that people don't, don't see the power in. And the professional goal is I think it would be fun to just sort of start a notebook of observations about yourself and the things that are funny to just bring a little bit more awareness of it so when you are trying to add humor when you are speaking you got your go-to list so you've got a little jump start there and and you know and you know, not a, not a, only a notebook but today you can write something on facebook you can instagram it you can twitter it i mean now twitter and instagram are the 21st century notebooks where you have a thought share it and the more that you do that the more that you can work on taking your observations and seeing what's unique in your observation. Okay, bonus goal, be funny on social media. Okay. Love it. That's great. Thank okay. you so much. We've been speaking with Steve Kaplan about comedy. And thank you. Thank you for joining us, and thanks to everyone who is listening. You can go to guidedgoals.com to get the show notes and links to some of the things that we've talked about. And meantime... I guess the secret is to just go out there and enjoy life and and then you get the life you want. So I say everyone listening, simple enough. So go on out there and go for it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.